0: This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to the radio and internet ministry of the Christian Crusaders. Have you ever made an important decision only to doubt the wisdom of your judgment later? That very thing happened to a pivotal person in the New Testament. Please stay with us as we learn how he found peace when his doubts were erased in our new What Child Is This series? with today's message entitled, He's Supreme.
1: this child whose birth we are celebrating again this year? And what are we to do with him? These questions are going to be answered in today's message, so I hope you'll stay with us. We begin in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Almighty God, as we approach another celebration of Christmas, help us to better understand Jesus and his ways. We sometimes allow our personal expectations and desires to take over our thinking, and then we get tripped up in our own faith journey. Through our time with you today, we ask that you open our eyes to see Jesus for who he really is. Amen. Our reading for today is taken from Matthew chapter 11, beginning at verse 1. When Jesus had finished instructing his twelve disciples, he went on from there to teach and preach in the cities. Now when John heard in prison about the deeds of the Christ, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? And Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk, Lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up, and the poor have good news preached to them. And blessed is the one who is not offended by me. Dear friends, the Christmas carol, What Child Is This?, written by William Dix back in 1865, has been a favorite in the church for a long time. It's uh, unique from the other Christmas carols. Most Christmas carols proclaim the joyous news of the Christ child. The thing that sets this song apart from the others is that it's written from the viewpoint of someone, an observer, who is confused about who is this Jesus. It's a question which many people still ask today. What child is this? Who is this Jesus? There are many who are puzzled and confused about what to make of him. Their questions are not simply intellectual curiosities, but oftentimes very heartfelt and emotional. Those questions have been asked uh, like that from the very day of his arrival. We hear it being asked again today in our text by John the Baptist. John is absolutely confused, scratching his head, wondering what in the world is going on. You see, things Weren't working out as John thought they would. Of all places, John is in prison for taking on the immoral lifestyle of King Herod. He publicly uh, humiliated Herod by condemning him for an affair he had had. Now he's in jail, a miserable place for a person used to living out in the wide open spaces of the wilderness. John's a prophet, you know, a a spokesman for God. He had a great following. Lots of people were listening to John as he preached and baptized people in the Jordan River out in the wilderness. Whole communities of people were coming out to hear him preach, the Bible tells us, because I suppose he talked of one who was coming, God's Messiah, the Christ, and uh, he told them, you better get ready for this arrival. Repent. And they did. And John baptized hundreds, thousands of people. The day came when he even baptized Jesus, who, by the way, was his cousin. And something happened at the baptism that made John absolutely sure that God's long-awaited Messiah the Christ, was Jesus. That he was the one who the prophets of Old Testament Israel had talked about. John was really fired up about Jesus and after that began to point other people to Jesus and tell them to follow him. But now, a lot of time had passed and we find John appearing to have second thoughts some doubts. He was in turmoil. He ever started out on something and then got to wondering, was I wrong about what I said or wrong about the decision I'd made? Well, we find John the Baptist in the same boat. He's wrestling with a question in our text for today. He's a little frustrated and maybe even a little irritated with Jesus and God and and himself, I I imagine, as he's having some doubts about the Christ, Jesus. Perhaps he's thinking something like this. Uh, John says, "I, I went all out to support this guy. I pointed people in his direction, telling them he's the one, he's the Christ, the anointed one chosen by God to redeem and restore his people. But lately, I've been hearing about the behavior of this Christ. Jesus isn't following the script that I laid out. I said when he came, there'd be judgment, fire, and blessings as well. Well, I'm hearing a lot about blessing happening, but where's the judgment? I mean, I'm hearing reports that Jesus is even spending time eating lunch with tax collectors and sinners and other despicable types of people. Why in the world would he do that? That isn't what I had in mind. And and in the meantime, here I am sitting here stuck in this awful dungeon. And I am one of the good guys. One of the very few Has has Jesus forgotten about me. Why doesn't he help me? He's letting me down. I I guess I just want to know what gives here. Are you the real deal, Jesus, or not? And if so, is this any way to treat a supporter? Well, John sent a question with a couple of his disciples to ask of Jesus about who he is. He says, are you the one who is to come? He means the Christ, or as the Hebrew word for Christ is the Messiah. Are you the one who is to come, or are we to wait for another? He's asking our question in this sermon series, isn't he? What child is this? Who are you, Jesus? And are you worthy of my worship, my trust, my obedience? Or should I be waiting and looking for another? We shouldn't be too hard on old John. Uh, We've probably had a few of our own John the Baptist moments along the way. Maybe you're having one right now in your life. Things have happened that you didn't expect. There's questions and doubts, and Jesus doesn't seem to be living up to your personal expectations. For some, it might be a a difficulty in life such as a health issue. Jesus, I thought you loved me, you wonder. And it would be with me. And why am I sick and not getting any better? Someone else might be wondering, "You, you said you'd take care of me, Jesus, but I'm experiencing some terrible hardships now. What gives here? And Jesus, of course, answers those questions in scripture by saying, did, did I promise you freedom from sickness and hardship? No. I said I loved you and that I would be with you in all circumstances and one day take you to myself that you may be where I am. I'm reminded of this little analogy I came across. A father is saying good night to his little daughter and he makes a promise to her as she kisses him good night You are such a wonderful child, and I love you so much, he says. I'm going to give you a nice gift on your birthday. A couple of weeks before her birthday, the little girl asks, Daddy, have you bought my new bicycle yet? The father asks, What bicycle? And his daughter replies, You know, the bicycle you promised me for my birthday. The father replies, I never promised you a bicycle for your birthday. Well, she answers, you said that you would give me a nice gift for my birthday, and that's the same thing as promising me a new bicycle. (laughs) We maybe have a tendency to do that with Jesus in our lives. And then sometimes doubts arise within when it appears and feels as if Evil is getting the upper hand over good in this world. Seems like it's 29 to nothing, evil winning. And we think to ourselves, come on, Lord, what's going on here? This should not be happening. And so like John, as we get to a low point, we start wondering, who is this Jesus that I am following him? Is he really the one to be following. Well, Jesus has an answer for John and actually for us as well. He tells those disciples of John, go and tell your boss what you hear and see. Tell John first uh, what you see happening around you. The blind see, the lame are healed, the leper is cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the poor are having good news brought to them. What is Jesus saying in this response? He's saying, tell John that the script is being worked out. I am following it. Scripture is being fulfilled. The promises of the prophets are happening now. You look back in Isaiah 29 and it talked of when Messiah comes, the deaf would be able to hear and the blind to see. Or Isaiah 35 describes when Messiah comes, the eyes and ears of the blind and and deaf shall be opened and the lame shall leap like a deer and the mute shall speak. And Isaiah 61 talks of one who is going to come and bring good news to the poor. He says, you tell John that prophesied day, is a reality right now through my mercy mission and through my healings and through the things I'm teaching as I share the kingdom of God. That's the script I'm following. And people's lives are getting changed. Tell them that. Broken lives are being restored. Listen to the stories of these people. Tell John about the stories you hear the blind man who says i was blind but now i see jesus help me or the one who says i was captive to my leprosy and, and an outcast with no hope of a future and i went to jesus and asked his help and he touched me and now i'm clean and free or the master who said i i had a sick servant and jesus just said a word and and he was healed Or the synagogue ruler who testifies, My daughter had died, and Jesus brought her back to life. And another man steps forward and said, I couldn't talk until I met Jesus, and Jesus helped me to speak. I wonder when John's disciples went back to him and told him these things, if his doubts were erased as they shared their experience. Of course, John didn't have the advantage of the greatest sign of all, did he? The the resurrection of Jesus. After Jesus died on a cross to pay for our sins, God raised him back to life on the third day. Totally unexpected. And that was the ultimate affirmation that Jesus is the real deal, that he is the one, the Christ, to trust And obey. And that we need to wait for another no longer. He's the one. Uh, By the way, those of us on this side of the resurrection must listen to the stories as well of how this Christ is still restoring broken people, changing lives. There's Bob who says, I was a hopeless drunk life was totally out of control I was wrecking my family but then I met Christ and I've been sober for 35 years with his help or or there's this person who says I've gone through so many dark valleys but Christ is carrying me through it Or someone else who says Christ's words of truth actually set me free, free from myself. I was happy and fulfilled, or so I thought, and each day was sheer joy to me, and life was a shower of blessings. And then Jesus showed me how much greater joy life could be when I rose above the selfish pursuit of my own happiness and the preoccupation with my own problems, and in losing my life for others and for him and his work, as he told me I would, I found true life and true joy. And these are just a few of the stories that I've heard along the way as a pastor. And need I remind you once again... The resurrection, God's stamp of approval upon Jesus as the Christ, the one we want to follow. And for those who are asking questions like John and having some doubt storms within, the message from Jesus is this. Yes, I'm the one you've been waiting for. I am the Christ, the anointed one who restores broken lives. I'm the one foretold by the prophets, sent from God to rescue you and change your life. And the last line of his message to John is an appeal to John and to us. Blessed are those who do not take offense at me. We know that the Pharisees were offended by Jesus and other religious leaders. We know that governmental leaders were offended by Jesus as as his claims about being a king of some sort of Messiah. He he rattled a lot of people's cages and, and faced much rejection from them. He says, Blessed are those who do not take offense at me. To offend means to to, uh, make angry, to bring about resentment, to uh, wound feelings, causing someone to reject and turn away. A, A lot of people today are still offended by Jesus the Christ. You know that. He provokes questions like these What do you mean, Jesus? I'm lost and headed in the wrong direction. I've got my life together, I'm happy. Who do you think you are to tell me how to live my life? I like it the way it is. Or, what do you mean, forgive that person who has hurt me? No way. That doesn't make any sense. The world doesn't work that way. You're not for me, Jesus. Or, what do you mean, you're the only way to have a relationship with God? I find that rather arrogant. And I just can't buy into that. No thanks. But listen, Jesus promises... Blessed are those who respond in the opposite way to me. God blesses those who believe in me, who follow me, who walk in my ways. This is an appeal that Jesus is making to John and to us. Following Jesus leads to blessings like eternal, an eternal relationship. I'll walk with him in my life all the way into eternity. Or nothing, not even death can separate me from him now. Or or like forgiveness is a blessing. The old regrets of the pastor erased. Jesus paid for them at the cross. You don't have to carry them around or be fearful about them any longer. They're taken care of. I hope sincerely that John had his doubts quelled that day. But more importantly, I hope that if you're having them, yours have been driven away today. What child is this? He's the Christ. The one your heart has been waiting for and needing. So trust him. And keep trusting him even when life doesn't appear to be working out the way you expected. You see, he has a plan for you to restore you and lead you all the way to the place that he has prepared for you. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, if there is anyone listening in today that is struggling with the question of who Jesus really is and wrestling with personal doubts for whatever reason, By the power of your Holy Spirit, open his or her heart and mind to receive the Savior who is calling everyone to place their faith in him and follow him all the way into eternity. In Jesus' name we ask this. Amen. Now, as you go on your way, may Christ go with you. May he go before you to show you the way, behind you to encourage you, beside you to befriend you, above you to watch over, and within you to give you his peace. Amen.
0: You have been worshiping with the radio and internet ministry of the Christian Crusaders. We pray today's message has helped you remove all doubt that Jesus is the Anointed One, foretold by the prophets, the one you have been waiting for who restores broken lives. Christian Crusaders has a rich history of broadcasting the gospel message over the airwaves every Sunday since 1936. This has only been possible through the blessings of the Holy Spirit and the financial and prayerful support of our listening family. As the year comes to a close, we like to take this chance to remind you that each gift to Christian Crusaders is tax-deductible. We're grateful for your prayers as well as your financial support. Our mailing address is Christian Crusaders, Post Office Box 522, Cedar Falls, Iowa 50613. Our toll-free telephone number is 1-888-MY-FAITH. That's 1-888-693-2484. In the Cedar Falls, Waterloo, Iowa area, dial 277-0924. Be sure to check us out on our exciting new website where you can find both audio and printed versions of today's program and past programs. You can also pass on your request for prayer by our staff and board of directors. Our website address is christiancrusaders.org and we invite you to find us on Facebook and like our page. We are happy you chose to worship with us this day, and we pray you will join us again next Sunday on this station. Conducting our service was the Rev. Steve Kramer, pastor of Shepherd of the Valley Lutheran Church in Afton, Minnesota, and speaker on Christian Crusaders, on air and online now in its 81st year of continuous Sunday worship broadcasting.